Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 35. I'm Gary Levitt, and this episode is so good because our guest is Michelle Deswart. She's a former model, current stand-up comedian, on-air personality for Vice. She just interviewed Hannibal Burress and did some investigative journalism that Vice likes to do. You can check that out online, wherever Vice hosts their videos. What? This is my old band behind us. It's supposed to be an instrumental remix, but I just heard my voice pop out. Get out of there. Get out of the mix. Not supposed to be there. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. It's so good because Michelle's story is so fascinating. I don't know anyone else that grew up in the projects of London with a mom who was a sex worker and a dad who was a pimp and then got discovered to be a model at 19 and then left that to do stand-up comedy it's a pretty great story and i had a great time learning about it there's a lot of food for thought here this is the first episode that we're all in the new space we are out of the basement we're in a deluxe apartment with lots of light and air clear thinking makes the air smell good that's what's happening now. So hopefully this will be a new chapter in the podcast. Now that we're doing these interviews, these conversations with all the light and all the air coming around, we'll see how it changes it. Yeah, I like this song. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with me, Matt Kaplan, and Michelle Desoir. Okay. You hear yourself? I can hear myself oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> nice. Well, I thought it might be good to just start at the beginning because yeah. I did some research on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were born to a Jewish mother. Correct. Who's also a prostitute? Not anymore. Can you imagine if she was still doing it now? <laughs> She'd be really good at it, I bet. She'd be using like Lube as WD-40. There's something to sticking to one career, you know? This is true. This is true. She <laughs> used to be, but she, she isn't anymore. She's, she's retired. I'm glad to hear that. Are you? Yeah. Why? Because uh, she'd probably be pretty old for a prostitute this point right yeah no man because i i think um it's one of those jobs that you can do forever there's always someone who's got a sexual sort of preference to yeah. to something you know and there's like a whole 
porn sections, isn't there, for like granny fucking and stuff? I so, guess so. Yeah. yeah, I've never checked it out personally. So if she wanted to continue to do it, I'm sure she still could. She could she'd have a niche. Yeah, she would. She would have a niche exactly. So, so you've got this in common with Richard Pryor. I do have this in common with Richard Pryor. Uh, you're in yeah. good company. Yeah. Do you mind talking about this? I no. Mean, I mean, it's it, you know what? It's funny with something like that because I can't speak about it, I suppose. But really, I've had to ask my mum, like, are you okay with me speaking about it? And she is, thank God. She is, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, what's, before we get back to that, what is she doing now? Um, she does a little bit of this and a little bit of that. She's generally happy. I've just left her because I was in London for a little while and we spent a lot of time watching documentaries and playing cards and, you know, all that kind of stuff. She's moved on to uh, dealing drugs. <laughs> no, no, no. God damn. No, but she's, she keeps herself busy. She does. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure she up, did before. Upright, upright. <laughs> exactly. So she, she was a prostitute when she, and you were conceived as on the job no no okay no not at all you know what it's funny like i think when the reason why i i'm lucky enough that she has given me permission to speak about it is because i think something like prostitution can be such a defining thing in your life and it must mm -hmm. be really annoying if that's always the thing Absolutely. you know like she's done a bunch of other jobs mm -hmm. but that will always i mean i can't say anything because I probably uh, prostitute her own trauma, really, by, <laughs> by talking about it in my stand-up. But I think it's quite interesting that people understand that it's a really dangerous job, actually, when you are doing it, because there's such a stigma around it, you know. But, but, um, but, but no, it wasn't like I grew up and, you know, I was playing with toys and she was getting banged in the other room. It wasn't like that at all. I wasn't always... I, I think I always had a feeling, but I wasn't necessarily a, aware of what she did until I got older or even realized that it was sort of a taboo subject because I grew up on a on an estate or as a project blocks as you call it and a lot of mums did that and uh -huh. and a lot of mums do do that there's a lot of single mums that have got a bunch of kids that make money um by fucking all right so you grew up in what we here in the states would call housing project yes correct and and, and you went on to be a model and to do all this crazy stuff yeah. which we're going to get to mm -hmm. so your story is like really really cool Thanks. Yes. So just to back this up a bit. So your mom was a prostitute when you were conceived. Um, yes, she was. And my dad was a pimp. Oh, he was her pimp. No, he wasn't her pimp. He was a pimp. And she uh, never had a pimp. Uh, she was like an, an, an escort. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's funny when I talk about my stand up my mum's seen it and she was just like I don't mind you doing this bit but can you please make it known that I wasn't a street walker that I worked in hotels and I was like <laughs> alright yeah I'll let everyone know yeah I imagine I mean you're a very good looking woman I imagine your mom is good looking as well she's gorgeous yeah <laughs> So that's, I mean, that's what you need to, like, get off the streets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's rare to see uh, a very attractive prostitute on the streets. Yeah. Somewhat. Well, I think it's, um, it, you know, if you're on the streets, you're exposed to a lot of danger, man. And, like, mm -hmm. you're super vulnerable. If you're a woman, like, how, like what are you going to do to protect yourself? The only thing you've got is your instinct. That is it. Right, which is why pimps come into play, unfortunately. Which, yeah, which is why pimps come into play and why, um, you know, these women get taken advantage of so much. Yes, yeah. I have a pimp story that maybe I'll tell later. I think okay. I already told it on this podcast. But oh, you did? It's not a first-person story, but <laughs> ah, a, okay. a drummer of uh, my band for a little while was an escaped convict. Yeah. And he was a pimp in Ohio. 
I hope he's not still on the run because you are blowing up his fucking spot. No, they caught him. Oh, okay. Yeah, good, good. Carry crazy, on. It's a crazy story. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell it again. Okay. But um, okay. So you were conceived and born, but. Sh- were your parents, was your dad with your mom at the time? Yeah, no, actually, they broke up. Like, I think possibly before I was born, my dad, my dad's now schizophrenic, unfortunately. And I think there was like a few things that led up to him sort of going into a deep psychosis. So they were in a real relationship yeah. when you were conceived? Yeah. Okay. And that just, her prostitution just happened to be her job. Yeah, the same way my dad's pimping happened to be his job. Uh-huh. And they met in a nightclub, or very sort of normally, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Is he still working as a pimp? Is no, he? no, no. My dad's schizophrenic now. He's like oh, certified. Okay, so is he like hospitalized? No, or... he's not hospitalized, but unfortunately. But he's just sort of like out on the streets, a little bit crazy. It's weird. Like statistically, London, it, it, where I'm from, Lambeth, has the highest rate of black schizophrenic males in the whole of Europe, which is a lot to do with uh, the migrant experience. So, What what do you mean by that? As in, you know, we, um, after the Second World War, by invitation, we invited uh, Jamaica to come over and and to come and, you know, live in England, which ultimately was to do cheap labour and build up the land. And so you had this huge influx of... um, people Bayesian people people from Barbados people from Jamaica and they came over and it was all it all seemed like it was going to be very easy but even though you speak the same language it's still a different sort of you know uh, it's a there was still a kind of language barrier and I'm dyslexic and I imagine that my dad was dyslexic as well so he went through the whole of school and didn't know how to read and write and no one really noticed and um, and, and on top of that you're huh. getting stopped and searched a lot and the police are being super aggressive you right. don't really have any you know there's um it's also the same in the in the Asian community in the UK there's a really high rate of uh, women that suffer with depression and um yeah. and and it's sort of we were like come over but we're not going to do anything to cushion the blow of you moving country. We just kind of want you to build it changing up. cultures. Right, it's, exactly, exactly. It's not necessarily that this population innately is schizophrenic. It's just that they're less treated just because they were migrants. Is uh, that because it's not? Oh, yeah. No, I think it's it's the migrant experience but that that's, has... As far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, like schizophrenia is not a socially induced condition it's something that someone will have no matter where they are or whatever they're Yeah, but there can be triggers in your life, yeah. you know, like okay. if it's, you know, there can be a um, there can be a bunch of events that trigger mm-hmm. uh, schizophrenia. It's, it's kind of like you might not, like some people shouldn't smoke weed because it can trigger uh, going into psychosis and that mm-hmm. and then other people are totally fine. But it would take you to smoke weed to find that out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I guess I'll have to try weed. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think Matt's tried it enough. <laughs> yeah, do you get what I'm saying, though, Matt? I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, it's very interesting. Your your story is really unique and compelling because, first of all, your mom is a white Jewish woman. She's a white Jewish woman. And your dad is a Jamaican, black Jamaican. a black Jamaican guy, yeah. So, that alone is very odd. Yeah, odd, odd, odd for you, but I've got like 14 cousins and we're all the same mix. Really? Yeah. From different... Jewish and Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the sisters, all the mums, all, all the women in my family all got with Jamaican guys. I don't know what's weirder, that those two people coming together or a Jewish woman being a prostitute. Um, <laughs> you don't see that much here. Yeah. But uh, do you know what, though, Gary? I think it's just something that you're just not aware of. I'm uh-huh. sure you've had friends that have been sex workers, but maybe they weren't so open about it because they'd be worried about being judged. It's such a stigma. 
Exactly. Absolutely. And that's oh, like that, that's why you're so sort of caught on this subject. Do you know what I mean? Like for me it's not a big deal, but for you because it's taboo because not many people talk about it and not many people mm-hmm. are open about it and so it seems super interesting from where i am i can get that it's interesting because i've never had to be a sex that's why i want to talk about it and i don't have any judgments about it and i think half the housewives are prostitutes just in a different (laughs) down the way yeah maybe maybe i have have a lot of respect for um anyone who's willing to go out there and work i have a lot more respect for um a straight up prostitute than like you know a hot instagram girl who's like oh my god i'm getting flown all around the world and like sometimes i sleep with him and if he wants to get me a bag he can but if he doesn't like whatever but like i'm not really a prostitute i'm not i'd have more respect for you if you clocked in suck his dick and then clocked out again at least the communication's clear rather than laughing at this old dude's jokes for you know a month to hopefully get a louis vuitton bag that's like half my dates really (laughs) oh man see do they not know that you're a comic well, I don't know. We're, I'm, I and, probably, up, uh, and probably like strapped for cash a little bit. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, if they, yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe they hate comedy. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know that there's no more? Apparently, there's a Gary's a dying a dying name. There's no more Gary's. I know. Well, Gary Shandling just died, so ah. I, I feel like literally a dying. Name. Yeah, yeah, quite literally. More people need uh, need to name their children Gary. I agree. It's kind of a blue collarish kind of name. Like it has no flair to it at all. Yeah, there's no posh way to say it, Gary. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have. It's Gary in it. It's Gary. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Carry on. Okay. So let's. This is. Let's get back to the story. Yes. Okay. So they meet in a nightclub. Yes. Your dad meets your mom in a nightclub. Yes. She has no idea he's a pimp. He has no idea she's a no, prostitute. No, I think they're aware that what each other do. I don't know because I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't there yet. <laughs> but I imagine that they were aware what each other did. Okay. Because aren't pimps mostly kind of bad people? Yeah, my dad apparently wasn't a very nice pimp. Yeah, like they they beat the women uh, often. Yeah, my dad was a, down. My dad was a bad pimp. And you know what's funny is when you think about, I don't know, I... I I've, you know, taken some time to like ponder the how it could have gone down to excuse the pun, but uh, <laughs> but I don't think my dad was a very nice pimp, but that's from what I hear, and um, yeah, he was quite violent. And did you, you know, know him growing up? Yeah, I still know him now. You do? Oh, so you still see him? Yeah, I still see him, but I mean, he's in like such a hardcore. Um, you know he's deep in psychosis so now there was a time when he would let me come into his like his flats he's, he has to buzz me into his flats and there was a time where he would and we would I'd go into his house and then it sort of stopped and um started with me just talking to him at his door and now we now he just talks to me through the intercom he doesn't even let you up no why because oh, he's mad you can't really reason with the unreasonable do you yeah, know what i mean I or do. or can you make sense of it i think anyone out there who's got a schizophrenic parent um, knows that you have to get quite philosophical about things because otherwise you take it really personally and it right. really fucking hurts your feelings. So the best way for me to deal with it is to be like, you are in a state of psychosis and even though I'm coming to you with loads of love, you're paranoid about me and you accuse me of doing weird things and if I took it personally, I would never go and check up on him. So right. I just like buzz the buzzer and he's like, I don't want no trouble. And I'm like, okay, cool. Just checking you're alive. Bye. He, kn- he knows that you're, do- he knows that you're his daughter. Yes. He knows I'm his daughter. Okay. Do- does your mom have any relationship with him now? No. Like now and again, if I'm really worried about him or I haven't heard from him for a while, I'll ask my mom to go over there. Like recently his mom died. 
uh, of um, well, she had Alzheimer's and then she passed away. And my sister doesn't talk to my dad on my dad's side, so I was just worried that he wasn't comprehending the concept of death with her. And like, so we had to keep on being like, you know, the funeral's happening. Were you like, oh my god, maybe the body's inside his apartment? No, 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 no. <laughs> He's still no, talking. No, to her. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. No, not at all. But it was just sort of trying to give him the opportunity if he wanted to go to the funeral and pay his respects. But clearly, you know, he's. He's a certified cray cray. Was it a gradual thing or just one day? Yeah, snapped? it kind of was a gradual thing. Uh, age. Like, it wasn't even age. I think it was, um, it's kind of a long story, but yeah, I think that there was just a couple things that led up to him losing his goddamn mind. And apparently, I don't know if this <laughs> is true or not, but one of his prostitutes spiked his drink with acid, unknowingly oh. to him. So I've done a lot of acid and I've definitely felt like I've nearly lost my mind at times mm -hmm. and that's been that that's been willingly taking acid so yeah, I don't know yeah. what that would be is like schizophrenia is it genetic is there do you have any fear yeah loads of, of fear man yeah. loads of fear yeah <clears throat> definitely didn't stop me taking acid yeah. but yeah loads of be careful with that water we gave you right yeah. Ooh, I'll give it, it 20 minutes yeah. I'll be so lucky I'm like you don't have to trick me you can just put it on the table thank you <laughs> well you hear stories of people that took too much acid and never came back right if you ever go up to Woodstock New York they're still there on, yeah. on Tinker Street yeah walking around right yeah it's, it's really something mm -hmm. but um okay so you're growing up in the housing projects in, yes. in the UK, yes. in, in England, and uh, you didn't know your mom was a prostitute I when know, you were growing it, up. It wasn't really like I didn't know. It was just it wasn't an issue because other people's mums on mm -hmm. my estate worked nights as well. It wasn't. Imagine, imagine not feeling embarrassed about it. Yeah. Okay. Imagine it not being taboo. Not even imagine, being a thing. No, it that wasn't a thing. some asshole interviewing you keeps bringing up. No, no, because <laughs> like, this happens all the time because mm -hmm. for you it's a thing and for you possibly it's a thing. But um, yeah, no, I grew up on an estate where other people's mums did that and there wasn't a lot of judgment about it and it was just the way it was. And your dad wasn't jealous or possessive? My dad wasn't there around that time. He'd, okay. he'd, I've, I've, I've watched my dad get progressively worse, but I never remember a time when... Um, my dad was around and also my mum did other jobs she was temping she was a secretary she did all these different things sometimes well you know she would have a bill to pay and she would go and do a couple of nights so, of escorting but it wasn't like it wasn't like Richard Pryor in, in the Jojo Dancer movie where he's living in the brothel and men are coming in and out no it wasn't like that at all and actually I think in Richard Pryor's case wasn't his his grand ran a brothel right yes yeah, she yeah. was she was yeah the so mother. it's a very different kind of setup it's not like you're and that's what I mean. It wasn't like I was in the kitchen and Johns were coming in the house. Right. My mum worked nights sometimes and then we did nice things after. I had maybe, we went on holiday. I left, we used to go to Israel every year. I had like slightly better clothes and trainers or sneakers as you guys say than other kids on the estate uh -huh. but that was it it wasn't like i was getting up in the morning and shooing away fucking used condoms or anything <laughs> like that do you know what i mean it was all very respectable every just every, pouring out the cereal and just yeah 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 out. exactly every couple of maybe like once a month for a few times a year or whatever my mum would work nights but it, it wasn't there was it had little to do with me because i was a child so i think as a child you wouldn't really uh you know, you, you, it wasn't, I don't, I don't think any parent would sort of push it in a kid's face unless there were drugs involved. And my mum, luckily for me, was never dependent on drugs. So there weren't drugs in the house. That's good. No, not really. Yeah, you know what? Bit of weed. 
bit of weed and stuff like that. Maybe she had like the odd drug dealing boyfriend, but mm-hmm. it was nothing like. Um, it was. I. I, I no think heroin people, or anything no, like that. No, yeah. no, no. And I think if you have. If you have a parent who is possibly uh, who's a sex worker and maybe work in the streets, there's normally a drug dependency involved, mm-hmm. and then of course all boundaries and lines are blurred. But yeah. well, that's really part of the stigma. Is that a yeah. lot of a lot of? Well, that's why it's important. I think that some you know more people talk about it. And I'm I'm. It's weird because I'm speaking about someone's story that's not my own, but I'm lucky that I have always had a mum who was very open about you know my mum was used to say to me like well you're a product of your upbringing and I was a product of mine mm-hmm. and and I, I love her and you I don't seem her. like a product of your upbringing so far really yeah you're like this to me you're like this elegant former model or current model I yeah. don't know like yeah. yeah but I think that's because you're prejudging the fact that my mum was a sex worker and you're thinking what how I could have turned out but you, do you know what yeah, I mean absolutely. so that's why you're saying that totally because right. what I grew up with was like prostitutes yeah they, they you have to use a lot of heavy drugs to keep doped up because they can't deal yeah, with yeah the... but, but your but your um your idea of prostitution probably comes from TV. I think it's probably also probably. the, the yeah. accent. If she had like a like a heavy Southern American accent, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're the child of a prostitute. Yeah, but what is that though? What is the child of a prostitute? I think it's. I think you still have a built-in idea of what you think a prostitute is. But for me, that's it's, it's a very different thing. All my friends, yeah, who have whose mums were sex workers have all turned out well. Mm-hmm. But if you knew that they were the child of sex workers, maybe you would be expecting something different. But all of them, I think it was a worthwhile sacrifice. All of us have turned out better than the than our mums had turned out for mm-hmm. their upbringing. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's the whole point. That's why you would do a job like that, right? Because it is fucking dangerous. Yeah. There's a lot of judgment based on it. And um, people... want to sort of put you into a box once they find out so i'm very Mm -hmm. lucky that i've got a mum who's been okay uh, been open with me about it and allowed me to be open about it do you think the stigma would change if it was made legal um it's not really uh, personally what i think about the legal side of it is um just because it's a dangerous job you know like imagine you could just be that vulnerable in a job like most you know prostitutes get raped yeah exactly (laughs) most prostitutes get raped and never report it because the police are kind of unlikely to do anything about it Well, because it's illegal because it's illegal and also because you're selling your pussy and i think people kind of have this idea of well you're selling it so that's that that can happen to you but that doesn't make it any less um harrowing or tragic if Mm -hmm. something like that happens to you of course yeah so um so to me, I think it should be uh, legalized or decriminalized so people are a little bit safer. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it being legal as well. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily, I just think like just decriminalize, man. So it's like not a crime. And mm-hmm. just so, you know, if you're attacked on the job that someone can... You have some protections. Yeah, man. Like it's a fucking, uh, you're more likely to get murdered mm-hmm. as a prostitute than any other job. I mean, that is mind-blowing, right? Even Especially, a cop. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Than any other job. It's the most dangerous job a woman could do. If you was a serial killer, you would start with prostitutes because the likelihood of you getting caught with sex workers is slim. You have to clock up a lot of numbers before police really start giving two fucks about it. I was wondering where to start. (laughs) 
There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, so you're wearing a high, a Star of David. Yes. Were you raised religiously? Do you um, consider yourself? No, I think I'm as like Jewish as I am black. Do you okay. know what I mean? I think it's something that you're like. My brother lives in Israel, um, because that he did like sort of, um, he made Aliyah. Uh, which I, I love saying it like what Alia it? because it's like to me it's a nineties R and B singer. Um, it's ba- basically yeah. when you you know Israel. If you're Jewish, Israel will kind of pay for you to move to Israel. Oh, I, well, I know about birthright, but they'll actually pay you to live there. Yeah, oh, to wow. move there. So when, when I say pay, they're not like here's some money, but they will like get your flight over there and help you with accommodation. And, At any age. Uh, yeah, I think at any age. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Did you do the birthright thing? I didn't need to because I'd been going been to there. Israel from a young age. Yeah. Okay. So you have family in Israel? I do have some family there. My brother lives there. Your brother. And I have some family there. Yeah. Okay. So so what I caught so far is that you have a brother and a sister. I have a brother. I have two sisters. A sister on my mum's side and a sister on my dad's side. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, your brother is your mom's son. My, I've got a brother and a sister that my mum. Had my mum's had three children. Okay, same and, father. Um, different dads. Okay, all and, different dads. Uh, yeah. Okay. And on my dad's side, my dad's got another daughter as well. Okay, so you have a bunch of half. There are a lot of half brothers. Yeah, I don't sisters. really feel like they're half, but yeah. Yeah, I have a half brother, and he feels like a full brother to me. He does. Yeah, yeah. Yet yeah, you totally. call him a half brother. Well, shame te- on you. Shame on you, Gary. I don't believe you. <laughs> well, it is. It is weird because, like, uh, I know his father, but he doesn't really know mine that well. You know, like oh. I hang out. It's it's not an equal thing. Right? Is he a younger brother? Yeah. yeah exactly. That's why. Yeah. Mm. So, but like, your, your mom is still married to his yeah, father. So you yeah. know, I'm part of his full family, but when I go to my dad's, he's not part of it so yeah yeah so you probably Lucky have some him. of that yeah yeah i mean no, no yeah maybe i don't know man like in uh, it's, it's it's a shame to say it but not i think when you sort of grow up in i suppose um situations that don't have necessarily a lot of like money around it a lot uh-huh. of people uh, aren't that close to their dads so Right. You know, it wasn't that unusual where I was mm-hmm. growing up. It's not like every, like no one, I can't actually think of anyone who had a dad. It's like, there's your mum, right. and then there's your mum's boyfriend. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then and that, this so, is the dude that I'll try and like win you over for a couple of months and then mm-hmm. be like, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what it was like. Mm-hmm. But you did stay uh, close or in touch with your father for. Yeah, yeah, I'm still years. in touch with him now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And his family as well. You know, like I'm close to my sister on his side and my cousins mm-hmm. on my Jamaican side and stuff like that. What age were you when you found out, like, what your what was going on, what your situation um, was? I can't re- as in my mum being a sex worker. Yeah, and your dad uh, being a pimp. I it mean, that must have... Like, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, imagine if yeah. it wasn't... It wasn't. ...a huge deal. So it wasn't like out. a thing yeah. of it being a huge deal. It like, wasn't. It, wasn't, it was, just wasn't an issue. It wasn't really an issue. It wasn't until I got older and I'd say I moved here and I started hanging out with different classes and people like yourself that were absolutely obsessed with it. But for me personally, it was never been a big deal. I think growing up, unless your parent is something extreme like a firefighter or something like that, you don't think of what you're, you don't doubt what your parent is. You're like, oh, these are my parents. Exactly. I'll give you, hold on, I'll give you a great example. My grandmother, my bubba on my mum's side is a lesbian and she's always been a lesbian my whole life. She's always 
also written sports books. She used to be a hockey coach. I always, I've only ever known my gran and her girlfriend. So it wasn't, there was never a point where I was like, my gran is a lesbian. <laughs> I, she just always she just, was yeah. a lesbian. It wasn't until I got older that I realized that like, oh, it's actually like something quite different. Not many people have got grandmothers that have got girlfriends. But growing up, I never looked at the situation and was like, why are you with this woman? This is terrible. <laughs> Flipping tables. Right. You never said you was a lesbian, Bubba. You know, Bubba has, for me, has always been yeah, uh, but, a rug mantra, as I like to call it. <laughs> but isn't that a little different than, like, finding out your father's a pimp and, like, a bad dude? Um, no. I don't... I feel like you want me to mirror your shocking it and i can't because it's been normal to me do you right. see what i mean like as i've got older i've realized like yeah fuck he did do that job and it was that's kind of like weird and you know strange but only in the reflection in other people's face when i tell them or they find out but me personally it's just always been normal i don't know what else to say to you well i guess the pimp that i knew he was going he would when the caught him and put him in jail he would call me and we just have these long conversations while he was in jail and mm. he was just telling me all the stuff that he did he finally came clean to yeah. me about his real life yeah and he would tell me like oh i beat women you gotta smack them gotta keep them in their place yeah and i saw him like when he was in my band he had a girlfriend yeah and this was like one of the red flags was like she had a black guy one day mm -hmm. and she, they told us this elaborate story that how she got her black guy but then he made a sudden move oh my god i thought you said a black guy i was like okay and <laughs> a black guy well, he, right, he yeah, was cool. the black guy yeah okay but he made a sudden move and she jumped and then i was like oh he's the one that punched her ah, yeah. so yeah. my uh, association with pimps and part of the job is that yeah you got to be like a fierce dude you yeah, know? yeah. Well, that's as I've just said, he wasn't a very nice pimp from what I hear. Yeah. But I didn't see it. And him. that didn't bother you? Because don't we all kind of grow up with our parents being this like. Yeah, but I mean, what are you going to do about it, Gary? Yeah, my dad was a pimp. And apparently, he wasn't a very nice pimp. But, mm. like, what do I do now as an adult about that? It's out of my hands. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing. It just is what it is, man. It, you grow up in areas like, I'm happy that my mum didn't do drugs. Yeah. Um, she took good care of us. We never really were in any, uh, in, in any massive danger. None of us were abused or fucked with. And that happens to a lot of fucking people. So those are the things that I'm happy about. And quite frankly, all of those things yeah. have made me... As cliched as it sound sounds, have made me who I am. I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm not that judgmental about people. I'm not like that thrown or shocked by stuff. And I'm happy about that. My mum's my mum. I don't look at her and like go, "Oh, you was a sex worker." Nor do I look at her and go, "You was a secretary." Nor do I look <laughs> at her and go, "You used to work in a shop that one time." Or right. any of those things. My dad is my dad. You know, like this might be a difference of country, but here it'd be like, "Oh, and I've been in therapy three times a week." Oh no, I've been in therapy, but not really about that. To be fair, uh huh. Yeah. What brought you to therapy? Um, just like life, I suppose. You know, just yeah. like growing up and having a bit of a mental life and then being catapulted into fashion that seems like you know it's sort of, traumatic right well yeah it fucking is actually yeah, yeah 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 it's sort of like living the life of a bit of a trust fund kid for a little while do you know mm -hmm. what i mean you sort of go from being like really poor and then you know you get this crazy easy pass in life because you're attractive right yeah all right you brought us there let's go there so you're this uh young girl she growing don't want up. to talk about prostitution anymore are you sure i feel like you've got more we can get back to I'm it. Joking, it I'm joking. I'm joking. Go on. Um, 
So you're this young girl growing up in a project, which you call, what do you call them there? An estate. An estate. Yeah. So different than here. Yeah, <laughs> no. Association. I always, I, I always joke about it and be like, if you say estate, someone's like, oh my God, that sounds fabulous. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's not like Downton Abbey estate. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was a sprawling estate and we were mucking out stables <laughs> and smoking a little bit of crack, Gary. Same thing. If you don't know what projects are, you're like, that sounds great. I like yeah, projects. Yeah, make me your project. Yeah. I want to be a project. <laughs> yeah, build yeah. on it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you're this young girl and you just got, uh, from what I read, you got uh, noticed just off the street by a uh, model agent yeah i suppose that's kind of how it happened yeah mm-hmm. well i was i was it a client of your prostitute mother oh my god gary let it go you <laughs> fucking uptight weirdo okay listen um i think that finally uh, someone calls it like they see it. i mean it is like that you know when someone's like obsessed with something you're like dude if, let's talk about therapy because you probably should, you should probably go if you're that obsessed about one oh, thing. Well, yeah. Well, British people don't go to therapy. I think that's no, we a big drink. difference. We go to the pub. Exactly. We go to the pub. Well, that's um, the difference. You are Jewish, therapy. so then you, you do go to therapy. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, man. I'm, I'm angsty and uptight. Um, so, yeah. So, I left school at 14 and I did like a bunch of jobs. I like worked in um, shops and market stores and I think my first job was a cleaner. Then I worked in like like a Payless shoe store uh-huh. and my friend from Payless shoe store wanted to be a model and um she she went to an agency and they said that she was too short and then uh, she went the next day and took a picture of me and they said come in and mm-hmm. then I went in and um at the first time I did it, it I probably did it for a couple of months but I had my hair was like uh, straight then and I like shaved off my hair in some weird protest to like Matt's length for like a nice 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 number one yeah I'm, I'm protesting yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt's protesting hair yeah Matt's protesting hair so and then it didn't work out and I continued to do like bar jobs and stuff and then my hair grew through naturally well, can, I, can I ask you about this yeah um, so you are you have like really great bone structure and skin tone like you you know you're Thanks. very good-looking woman and uh that grow- helps if you want to be a model <laughs> it does it does i yeah. mean at some point when someone's like yeah you should be a model you're like huh it must be a good looking right yeah yeah so growing up good looking did you feel like a lot of uh creepiness from guys even no. as a young girl no you know why man so this is the thing because because of my mum's experience my mum was like fucking so on that shit like my mum was ob- like i couldn't have been more conscious of how to dress, how people are see me. If I went to a club, she would just be like, Michelle, you can go out, but you can't like leave a drink unattended. Wow. You know, you have to call me if you're going here. This is how people really are in the world. People might try and take advantage of you. Like she was really, you know, like I now I'm an adult. I talked to a lot of my friends that had been like sexually abused and stuff, and that never, no one even got close to us with that shit you know my mum wasn't having any of it man like she was she did a lot of shit so we didn't have to experience those kind of things so so yeah like of course I was a I was a giant child man I've been this I haven't actually grown since I was about 13 14 you've been this tall yes what are you six one I'm five ten really yeah it's the British accent that makes the uh two extra feet yeah 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 yeah, exactly (laughs) maybe and um so so yeah, I mean, yeah, guys like looked at me and stuff, but I also I'm quite skinny and I grew up in a West Indian area where skinny women weren't really sought after from well, 
<laughs> from 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 the like young boys in that area. I think also my understanding is predators like find the right person. Yeah, they and, find and, someone vulnerable. And, right, and, right. Like, so if you were if you were feeling strong and confident, it probably yeah, wasn't yeah. Even and I was also like wise to like what the fuck was up. So yeah, yeah not necessarily. I mean, like walking the streets. Of course, you get like a lot of guys catcalling you, and mm-hmm. but nothing really more than the next girl. But nothing creepy. Like, oh, come here, nice girl. Would you like some candy? You want a free ice cream cone? A sweetie. A sweetie. A sweetie. <laughs> no one was offering me sweets, Gary. No. That's good. All right. Because you hear, <laughs> I hear stories about, like, from models, like, they've kind of grown up just kind of with an altered version of the world. Mm. Well, I think if you put, um, you know, I, I, I think if you don't understand how attractive people can be to nice things, then you might think that genuinely has something to do with you. But it isn't. The way you look is... You didn't work for it. It just so happens. Some people uh, have more of a symmetrical face than other, and the yeah. rest of the world deems that person attractive. But ultimately, you know, gravity exists. You're not going to look like that forever. You didn't. Well, work that shows for it. the wisdom that you have. Yeah. Well, I will say the mummy drummed it into me. My right. mum wasn't the some, but she wasn't the kind of person who was like, if people complimented me and were like, "Oh my god, you know, your daughter's absolutely gorgeous." No, <laughs> they yeah. were like, you know, your daughter's pretty. My mum was like, "Say thank you," and that was it. She right. never. She told me she loved me a lot, but she wasn't like, "You're gorgeous." Right. She wasn't like, oh, you earned this. And no, like- and, and people would stop my mum from, I was a very young age, and asked her if I could be a child model. My mum was like, no fucking way. Not until, so you didn't make this model decision until you were... Oh, I, she was basically like, when you can take yourself to an agency, mm-hmm. then you can do it. But I'm not taking you to an agency, and I'm not like taking you around to do modeling jobs so you get your head jammed up your her say her exact words where your head is already far and up up, up your ass right. and you don't need any help and she was right actually because i didn't i started modeling late at like 19 which mm-hmm. is really late to start modeling yeah from what i know of the industry it's really really mentally uh hard yeah 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 it emotionally is. it's a well you get a lot of um it doesn't boost you up with confidence. It, right. um, imagine, like you know, you're the prettiest girl in your school, and then you go to and you go to a place where you're hanging out with all the prettiest girls in right. their school and the prettiest girls. In, yeah. It doesn't, you know, like getting changed next to Giselle at fashion show doesn't make you think like I'm the shit. You're just like fuck, dude. I am inferior next to Giselle, and every other girl's thinking that they were the, probably the most insecure um, breed of women. Um, out there on right models. but doesn't isn't that humbling good it's um uh yeah i mean it just is you know it's also the most sort of diverse bunch of girls probably under 21 doing the same job making a shitload of money that you'll ever find because beauty is this crazy equalizer it doesn't matter what your financial background is it doesn't matter what your race is it doesn't matter what country you're from and right you know it, it Beauty kind of trumps all, man. No one really gives a shit. And also, no one gives a shit what gender you are. You can be trans, you could be white, black, Asian, Pakistani, like the shallow. That's interesting. The yeah. fashion world's pretty shallow, man. But, uh, but it, it's, uh, it's also amazing because as long as you look right, no one cares if you're smart, thick, rich, poor. Right. No, no one, no well, one cares. Well, that's Holy a moly. that's like a problem. Gary, and that, that's professional. That's all, through, throughout the world, not even just the modeling world. I mean, just in society yeah. in general. Yeah, but modeling. I mean, more, yeah. yeah, you gen, you actually do get paid for what you look like. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, there's a, it, it's shallow, but there's also a strange kind of depth to it as well. Mm-hmm. 
So you were like kind of on the top rung of the stuff. You're getting changed next to Giselle. Yeah. Yeah. So what I read, because I do my research, yeah. is that uh, you were walking down the catwalk, the yes, runway. Yes. And what happened? You fell? I fell. I was doing a Gucci show in Milan and uh-huh. I fell on my ass. Not once, but twice. Do you know what kills me more about this fucking thing, right? So like yeah. two weeks before, I was like pulling pints in a pub. Pulling I was pints? A, yeah, yeah. I was pulling pints in a pub <laughs> and then, and then I, I got flown to Milan and um they uh my agency initially like uh, italy's i wouldn't is probably one of the most racist countries i've ever been to yeah uh, but that's a different story and so my agency weren't that excited about me now, when did, i'd first got there did and they i hit you because you're jewish or because you're black i don't know who knows <laughs> who knows who knows so confusing um and uh, and yeah i just booked every show man i think i did like versace missoni dolce and gabbana gucci but i couldn't fucking walk in hills like no one had really <laughs> checked if i could walk in hills and i walked for tom ford and he was like love it book me for gucci and it i hadn't i just couldn't take fashion seriously yet and i had enough time on that runway to think imagine if i fell i i I think well, it's... Well, you thought about it before it yeah, happened? Yeah, I thought about That's it. That's probably why you fell. Of course, of course. I <laughs> can only compare it to like when a guy gets to fuck a really hot girl and then can't get in an erection. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably, it's probably like that. And so... Luckily, uh, that's never happened to me. Of course it hasn't. <laughs> I I've doubt you've fucked, fucked anyone hot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> I started walking down the runway and I just thought, wow, imagine if you fell. And I fell. The whole audience gasped. I came out again... Tom Ford was like, don't worry, you're just going to stand, everyone's going to die. Got to the end of the runway on my second outfit, everyone started clapping. And on the way back, to somewhere, like now I'm a comedian and it all makes sense that I thought that this was funny. But on my way back, I was like, wow, everyone's clapping because I walked. Imagine, like, imagine if I fell again. And with that, I went headfirst into this guy's crutch and fell again. Yeah. And then it was on the news. I think the New York Times wrote about it. They, it was on the news in, um, I did like Good Morning America with Oman interviewing me about it. It was, oh, no. it was crazy. Everyone thought I was on drugs. I was like, I just can't walk in shoes, man. Yeah. I can't did walk that in hills. help your career or hurt it? It helped, actually. It yeah. helped because um, I think like Women's Wear Daily wrote something about it and a couple of other newspapers. And they were like, oh, Michelle just has such great humor. And I just because they were like, what happens? And I was so fresh to modeling and green. I was like, well, I couldn't walk in hills, innit? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, she handled it so well. But I didn't know what else to say but the truth. That's good. I don't know how to walk in, sh- yeah. in high heels. So it did actually help my career. Yeah, good exposure. Have but, you gotten better at walking in heels or have you not worn them nah, since? Nah, not really. Heels are stupid. Yeah. But there, there is something to that. Like when you think, oh, I'm going to bomb this, that you're going to bomb it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something yeah. like there used to be, I was on tour and there was this one guitar part I couldn't quite pull off. And then I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to imagine me breezing right through it. And every time I'd put that in my head while I was playing the song, no problem. Right. And then anytime I'd be like, oh, here comes that tough guitar part. Mm. I would mess it up. It's weird how you can do that to yourself. I'm, it's when I first so started, much mental. Yeah, when yeah. I first started stand-up, I used to get crazy stage fright. But not as bad as stage fright as when I used to do runway shows. Really? Well, yeah, because it just didn't feel like me. I felt like such an imposter. I thought yeah. someone was going to be like, oi, this will get off the end of the runway, you slag. Yeah, you know you're, not being, you're not being true to yourself. <laughs> you're not a real model. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I just couldn't believe it. I, cu- I couldn't believe myself. I thought it was so ridiculous and funny. And there's so many things in fashion that are hilarious. But mm-hmm. At the I time, thought, you thought that? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that it, you, f- you see so many funny things, but not 
fashion doesn't have a great sense of humor which is a shame i know i know right? were, were you like the one like cracking jokes while uh, always yeah you're like always the, the class I, clown i still and, model uh, now yeah. and like yeah. most of the clients i work for i've been working for for like 15 years and you know we st- one of the reasons i think i still work is because you know we have such a laugh on right. set they enjoy having you around so they they hire you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I look good as well. You right, know, like, course, but, yes, yeah. you, you've got to have that. I mean, I'm not saying like, and I'm fucking gorgeous. Well, I, but that basically, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's easier to look good than to be funny. Yeah, but I think um, there's always going to be someone, there's always going to be a younger version, a, a younger, prettier version than you. But I think there's some clients will, yeah, we get on, man, and we have fun and you're doing a job away for three days. And I call it, you know, ski pant modeling. Camel toe modeling, where you're just sort of wearing like you know mid Midwest mum clothes and mum jeans, and uh, if you're going to do that for a week, it's quite boring and monotonous. You probably want someone who's going to, you know, bring a little bit of fun to the job. I but, think, I think there'll probably be one of my clients listening, going, "Is she having a fucking laugh?" This is our life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they it is very serious for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, uh, you know, I think we're all. Uh, gassed about wanting to look nice and you sort of think that it's gonna your life's gonna change if you look better and, and i think that's and stronger and younger and prettier and browner and i don't know it's kind of one of the things about being a stand-up though too is like we see the cosmic joke of everything yes a lot of people don't see life as a joke sometimes no but i mean i, I think you doing that is it's a coping mechanism isn't it absolutely yeah. and it's a healthy coping mechanism it can be it can mm-hmm. be it can also be detrimental i think if you're with the wrong people, but if mm. you can laugh anything off, that's mm. pretty healthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But some people just can't. And that's why I think as a comedian, you get into trouble with certain people sometimes. Go on, give can't. me an example. I mean, if uh, I would make a joke to you that I wouldn't make to someone. If, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd do it anyway. Yeah, I, I feel, do it I anyway. Feel, I feel like <laughs> both of you, whether you were stand-ups or not, you would still be saying things that would surprise people and offend people. Mm. And yeah. it's, uh, personally, I like people like you, but there are a lot of people who don't get the jokes and are, are Here, here's, here's an example. One of my go-to jokes is like, <clears throat> oh, my, my uncle just died. And I'll be like, oh, why did he do that? <laughs> but I would never say that to like yeah. someone that... You know, didn't yeah. get the big joke of life. Yeah, but sometimes it's funny to you. Like, I have so many times in fashion where I see shit and I'll say stuff and no one laughs, but I think it's hilarious and I'm absolutely okay with being the only person laughing okay. or, or the awkward moment of it all. See, I yeah, would it's, say it's because of your upbringing that you have this sense of humor about things. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. See, this is, it's because you didn't go to therapy. No, I go to therapy now. You do now? Yeah. When I did go you to start therapy. therapy? I started therapy when I was about maybe 23, and I stopped for a long time, and then I just started. And you're, what are you, 30? 35. Mm, no. 35. Yeah. 30, <laughs> mm, now. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, I just started going to therapy again because I just did a, a story with Vice about um, women who have babies in prison, and it, I got really depressed actually. Yeah. Go back to therapy. This is, I, I want to get back to this, uh, get on that Vice thing because mm-hmm. there's a, something else that you did in expose on uh, women that are like. Oh, financial domination. Yes. Yeah. Let's get, let, we'll get there. Okay. So. You were doing modeling, yes. and did you like 
But you still do it. You didn't like consciously say, ah, screw this. I did, actually. That's how I started doing stand-up. Okay. Doing stand-up was a real conscious decision. I was like, I want to do a job that does not rely on how I look at all. And if anything, is not going to serve me. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with... Like, you can't win someone over right. in stand-up by being attractive. And in it fact, also works against it kinda you. It kind of works against you. I because, experience that all the time. Do you? I bet you do, Gary. <laughs> um, uh, but... Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was quite a conscious decision to 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 do stand up, to do something that was challenging and that didn't sort of. Um, well, in a way, you picked the thing that was kind of like blowing against you. Yeah, 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 totally. More of a challenge. Totally, and yeah. then and then I did stand up for a couple of years full time and was like, mm, I want my money, please. I do want, I do want to be paid for, you like that <laughs> for looking money, nice. Yeah. I fucking love that modeling money. I want to go brunch and drink mimosas and not be freaking out and yeah. you know and be like, you had edamame bean and I had a glass of wine, so we need <laughs> to split this perfectly, you know. So whatever. Yeah, money will suck. And, and yeah. anytime you, you do like a voice, it yes. always has, you go into an American accent. I don't know if you Does know that. Does it? Yeah. Wow. Like just that voice right there of the person you're doing brunch with when you're talking earlier about like your your grandmother. Yeah. And whatever you were saying, like, oh my God, she's a lesbian. You said it. You, your accent was gone. Yeah. I wonder, and I'm sorry to interrupt the path you were going with. I've, I've heard like... Um, People who grew up in England, because they're exposed to so much American TV and movies, yeah. it's easier for them to do American accents if they're acting. But oh, I also, don't think I'm and, good at doing an American accent. I'm not saying actually. it was necessarily yeah, yeah, great, yeah. but was, <laughs> that, that's where you went to when, when, you, when you're being more dramatic, in yeah. your, when you're doing voices. It, it's, it's more American than you know English. What's, you know what's probably a good example of that, Matt, is Swedish people. When they, they learn English with an American accent. I don't know if you've noticed that with Swedes. Like the band ABBA when they're singing? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm well, trying most, to think. Like most people pe- sing an American accent, but right. if you, if you, I mean, definitely English people, mm-hmm. English people sing an American accent. But right. if you talk to us, your average Swedish person in English, it's well, normally got an American. That's interesting. Well, because they're learning from the movies, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Le- less so maybe in England because we have British TV. And so. a lot of the slang too, you can tell where they get it from. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you decide what made you decide to do stand up? Was there an influencer? Yeah, there was. Um, I got a job on British TV called The Fashion Show, and it was just like a hosting job. It was really sort of you know, reading a teleprompter, being like, This person's got this outfit. How could I? I got asked to do it, did the audition, got the job straight away. So, this is like a gateway because, like, now we want you to stand there and talk. Not yeah. just walk, but you get to talk now, too. I know. Can you imagine? You're asking so, uh, a model to talk. God forbid. So <laughs> they flew me to England, asked me to do an audition. I did it. I got the job. It was like lasted a few months hosting this. That's not really a game show, but it was a show about fashion. I suppose it would be a bit like House of Style or whatever that mm-hmm. fucking thing was called. <laughs> and uh, I used to, w- I didn't enjoy it at all. I was like, this is mind numbing. And it just felt like an, an extension of modeling. I was always very worried about what I was going to do after modeling because I left school at 14. I didn't have any qualifications. You know, I was like, what am I going to do? Go back to. Wait, why'd you leave school at 14? Just because we moved around a lot and I okay. hated school and I was dyslexic and I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder and, you know, we had had a little bit of a hard time before that and I think I was your quintessential... Rebel. Um, yeah, a problem child, man. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so I hated school. And my but you mom, didn't start modeling right away. No, I didn't start modeling okay. until years later. But my mum was like, "If you're not going to go to school, then you have to work." So. So what did you do from fourteen to? 18 I worked in or bars 19? and cleaned and. You know, worked in market stores and mm-hmm. worked in. I worked in Sega World for a while. I worked in shoe shops. Is that better than going to school? <laughs> it was to me, man. It was at, to at me. That age, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. I was like, but you can go to school for a week. You ain't got enough money to get a bag of weed, but you can work for like one day right. and get yourself a bag of weed and maybe a McDonald's. See, Crushing you, life, you, Gary. When Crushing you put it life. like that, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> exactly. That kind of was my fault. I was like, I could go to school. Or I could be making twenty pounds a day. See you later, bitches. Right. So I got weed at McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> so as so as modeling was starting to around like twenty five, twenty six. I think I moved here when I was twenty. So around then I was starting to freak out a little bit. Got this job doing this game show thing and there would be this guy who would come and warm up the audience. Oh, right, he was a right. comedian. Yeah. And me really cockily was like, I could fucking do that. I uh-huh. could do that. I could warm up an audience. That's mm-hmm. easy. Was he just making some drugs? I could do that. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I, I did. I started. He's doing, like, he's just making stuff up on the like, office. Fucking, spot. this is easy, dude. And yeah. also, I'd always been told I was funny, but this is in fashion where no one's fucking funny. So right. maybe I had, uh, you know, this, everything, it's like this, you know, I was funny amongst models. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know about the real world. And then uh, yeah, I and started being doing... funny in real life is very different than being funny on stage. Exactly, exactly. So different. I started doing stand-up and it uh, kicked my ass. And, um, and then I think I got another job, like maybe like being on a panel of something. And then I decided, I'd, I, I read Russell Brown's bookie book and I decided <laughs> in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm going to find his agent because uh-huh. he referred to his agent as the Northern Darth Vader. And I was like, I'm going to find his agent. And I did. And I went into, the, his name's John Noah. I went into his office and he said, uh, who the fuck are you? And I was you like, just walked in? No, no, no. Someone else in TV got me a meeting with him. Okay. And I went into his office and um, he said, do stand up. And I like, picked up a pen and pretended it was a mic and did 10 minutes of stand up. And he signed me. Wow. Did yeah. you have material? Yeah. You did? Yeah. So you were doing mics or performances yeah, at the time? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I was this kind is... of on the grind, but I wasn't, you know, I was still, you know, I was like still partying and stuff and being a little bit of a New York girl about town. And But you weren't you know. in New York. You were in London, right? I, I was I was going back and forth. The life of a model, Gary, you travel a lot. A so lot it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that game show was in London, but I was still working here and going back and forth loads. Were you doing stand-up in both places simultaneously? Uh, yeah, probably more here than mm-hmm. there, really. Okay. How mm. is it different? What did you find that is tough to make your set work? I prefer both- doing stand-up here. In New York, why? Yeah, uh, because I've lived here for so long and culturally I prefer it. And I I think stand-up, especially in New York, has um, got an, uh, um, there's more on the spectrum as far as women expressing themselves differently in stand-up. I think in England you kind of have to, as a woman, there seems to be a really bad trend, uh, in my opinion at the moment, of having to be a bit awkward on stage and apologetic and like you shouldn't really be there. Interesting. You know, like, oh, um, oh, here I am and oh, this is awkward, isn't it? Yeah, and you don't need to do that here. I can't think, is, is there a British, uh, female British comedian I should check out? Um, yeah, well, oh, actually, no, the only girl I really like is called Catherine Ryan and she's not British, <laughs> she's Canadian, so huh. no. The Canadians <laughs> do have a lot of funny people. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know too much British comedy, but I do want to do it there. Mm. Yeah, you should. You should. I just did the Edinburgh Comedy Festival last year. You should go do that. I I always miss out on these festival applications. I need to get on that. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Now would be the time to do that. To do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. See. Yeah. Registered in the brain. Okay. Yes. So you started doing stand up. Yeah. So you started doing the, the, the stand up, Gary. The stand up. <laughs> now, so, but did you, like who are your heroes in stand up? Richard Pryor, yeah. loved him, mm-hmm. always. Um, they're the same old, you know what I mean? Mickey, I love Mickey Flanagan. He's a British stand-up who I love. Uh-huh. Um, so you were, you were inspired to do it? Or were you just inspired no, to do man, it? No, man, I, ju- I didn't know how hard it was, and I was just cocky. I was cocky and probably high on cocaine. Uh-huh. In all honesty, <laughs> like it was just cockiness, man. Like, it was Like, like Richard ye- Pryor. Yeah, years of having my ass kissed <laughs> right. for no apparent reason had built built me into this like full sense of self that I could just do whatever the fuck I wanted uh, and, and cocaine probably helped as well. I was like, I can fucking do that. I can tell some well, jokes. Oh, yeah. You said earlier with when you were modeling, you there was just this sense of, I don't belong here. This isn't me. Did you, was that the opposite once you started doing stand-up? No, like, no stand-up. Yeah. Start stand-up and was like, this is for me. Okay. I mean, what's great Even about... Even with the cockiness and coke. You know. You still, still there was self-doubt. Yeah, of course. There. Because you have to be good. Yeah. You know, like, if, you, if you're not funny, no one laughs, Matt. The mm-hmm. end. Yeah, yeah. well it. said, but comedy, that's yeah, it. Yeah, if you're not funny, no one laughs. It was quite, what was good about that, it was to know that it was that simple. It's like, no, no one laughed, that's because you weren't funny. Mm-hmm. And that was quite reassuring, actually. It was nice to... Get an honest feedback for a change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that was nice. Well, this, this is something I experienced with music as a difference, too, because you're in a band, you play a song, songs, yeah. people clap, yay. Yeah, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, your, your friends probably help, you know, if you have a shit time on stage while you're doing music, they can be like, hey, well, you know what, that was off, like, the, the treble wasn't working so much. The sound like, guy. Oh, yeah, the sound guy fucked yeah. it up. You totally. can't do that in stand-up. It's like, did the audience suck? No, no, dude, you <laughs> suck. You suck. Exactly. Yeah. We're in, like, modeling, you can fall on your ass twice in one show and be like, it's it's all right, pretty yeah, girl. Yeah, they're like, she's so brave. Yeah. She got up and then she yeah. walked again. <laughs> now, when, when you were a model and everyone's kissing your ass, did you know at some part of your mind that I didn't really earn this? I was just born with these looks? Um, I mean, it isn't like... I, as much as people are kissing your ass, you also have people telling you every bad thing about your face, you know? So it isn't... It's not plain sailing. You work really hard, man. Like, Sounds like pimp mentality. Yeah. My mum calls it glorified prostitution, actually. And mm-hmm. it kind of is because it, you're doing a job, but you're selling the anticipation of sex, but you're not actually selling sex. But ultimately, you're you're selling a fucking pipe dream. Do you know what I mean? You're telling right. someone that like, you're going to look like... I can't... I don't live up to pictures of me because they've been airbrushed. There's like bulldog clips in the back. Someone's like, you know, photoshopped my muffin top out. I remember the first time I saw a billboard of me, I was I had these huge um, poster on the side of Macy's and like in all the windows of Macy's and I was walking past and I was like, oh my God, there I am. And, you know, just being a fucking idiot. I was like, maybe people have recognized me. And then I caught my reflection. I was like, no, because you don't look like that. that yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You don't look like that picture of that girl. But did you look at it and be like, oh, I look good? You thought you looked good, right? <clears throat> no, I mean, it's it's a little ego boost, but you don't look like that picture. Yeah. You know, they, they've made, they've taken you 
Yeah. And then they've taken all the things that they think is shit about your face I wish and they've wiped would, them away. I wish someone would do that to all my pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you can do it yourself these days. Right? Yeah. I, I heard some, someone was telling me like, uh, I guess like latest Beyonce video, like everything within like frame by frame. Yeah, of It's course. just Photoshop. Yeah, and man. It's like, that drives me crazy because it's like Beyonce is considered one of the most beautiful women, mm. most attractive women in the world. Yeah. But even yet, she's not good enough as is. Beyonce don't look like Beyonce. Beyonce yeah. probably wakes up and she's like, fucking hell, like, I need to live up to that bloody right. video. Which is too bad because I'm like sure her waking up is still, she probably looks unbelievable. She still, probably does look up. unbelievable, but, you know, not as good as she does in her video. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep. just... it's all showmanship. It's mm-hmm. showbiz. Showbiz, baby, yeah. showbiz. So you started doing stand-up. Yeah. And uh, did you love it right away? Or were you like, oh, shit, this is hard? I loved it until I died, until I bombed. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, this is so hard. And But then I kind of liked the fact that it takes your ego down to such a brutal level. There's something, there's something awesome about realizing that no one gives a fuck uh, about you dying on stage as much as you do. You, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like you go home and you're just like, I died in front of an audience of people, but no one else is lying in bed thinking she was terrible. Only I'm doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like only it, I'm it, going, it, ah. Except the, the comics that are competing with you. They're in bed. They're like, yeah, she was bad tonight. Yeah, exactly. They can go yeah. fuck themselves. I don't know. It's almost like contagious. Like if you get off stage when you bombed, everyone's like, oof, the odor, move away. Yeah, but <laughs> there's, there's an amazing um, respect that we all have for each other. Yeah. I think. Because you know, everybody's bombed. At first, when you first start, you, you love that because you want that person to be terrible because then then you won't be so bad you're like i'm gonna look better than them right. as time goes on no you want people to be great on stage because then that makes you up your game if you see someone die on stage i might think like haha but there's the, the respect i have for them doing that always overrides any other emotion i'm feeling yeah like you did it like you got up on stage and you humiliated yourself <laughs> for art <laughs> mm-hmm. you can't you can't argue with that man that's a, so there's a overriding respect i think we all have for each other you see someone really die on stage or really bomb on stage and you're like you know what no one else is doing it you still did it and I, i'll always respect comics for that head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. So were you saying no to modeling jobs while you were doing stand-up? Yeah, yeah. My agent was like, come to England, um and stop modeling because i start modeling stop modeling stop yeah he was like stop modeling move back to england i was here for 10 years i moved back to england for about two and a half years i came up with an idea for a tv show that was kind of like chelsea lately it got commissioned by e4 which is a channel in britain and uh, and then after three episodes it got axed because it was horrendous was it your show it was yeah i was cool. hosting it but it was terrible 
Why was it terrible? Uh, it was what terrible for a bunch of reasons. Uh, what I would do differently is um, trust my instincts about stuff. Trust my instincts about working with people. Yeah. Like I was just in London and pitching a game show to MTV and they kept on going, well, why don't you host it? You know, my agent at the time was like, why don't you host it? And I was like, I'm not hosting it because when I'm 35, I don't think I should be doing youth TV anymore. Um, but also, I want to find the right host because... It's, I, I can have a lot more control about how this is going to pan out behind the camera than right. in front of the camera. Yeah. You know, when once you're in front of the camera, sure. it turns into a bit of a shit show. You so in your own head about it and you can't see the bigger picture. You can't see the bigger picture because you're playing, you're playing a main part in it. You know, it's like a film. You're playing the lead role, so you can't see what the film's about. But if you're behind the camera, you get to see all the, you know, everyone's part, and mm -hmm. it's a lot clearer. So that's what I would change. But actually, I wouldn't change anything. It was a good experience. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, people often have to, you know, fail a bunch of times before something great happens. Yeah, yeah. So that failed. And then I did another job that was called, like, free speech or some shit. And then I got fired from that. And by the end, I was like, I don't fucking care. I did the Edinburgh Comedy Festival for the first time. And then I'd done, like, another panel show. And I was like, oh, I'm so broke at the moment that mm -hmm. I'm having to do jobs that I don't want to do. So right. then uh, moved here, moved back to New York, started modeling again at 32. That is super cool. So you decided to start modeling again. Was I needed to start modeling again because I'd fucking sniffed all my money in my 20s and I actually don't have anything to fall back on. And I was like, I'm you did like, coke for that long? No, I didn't do coke for that long. But I mean, if you it's don't have stuff, you don't see, need it's to do expensive, that much. <laughs> and if you don't have like any family to fall back on, it's not like I could be like, oh, can I pay my rent for a little while? It wasn't right. like that. Mm -hmm. And also I helped my family out quite a bit modeling. And so I put a lot of money into that you know into like helping out family members mm -hmm. so you know between that and feeling guilty about making money and sniffing a lot of it i actually didn't have anything nor did i know how to save or anything like that right because you're in your 20s and you're like yeah you're in your 20s and, yeah exactly, exactly. Were family members coming out of the woodwork being your buddy no they didn't Asking need to i had to like enough broke family members that no one needed to come out of the woodwork uh -huh. mm. you're just volunteering you're just sending them money yeah 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 man because when you you know you've got money like you're in hawaii or somewhere doing a job for neiman marcus and you talk to your aunt and she's like oh there's no electric you're sending money you're not gonna send 50 dollars. you're gonna send 500 right otherwise you're a dick i mean i've always been like that i've yeah. always and i'll continue to be like that i like yeah. being like that that's good because that's the uh attitude of a wealthy person yeah yeah you, you yeah. find wealthy people that are really tight with their money and like questioning every bill that comes that's poor person's mentality. Yeah, I well, those are the people that normally have like got a house and stuff. I mean, now I realise that I need to make money in. Uh, I need to sort of be a bit more serious about the ways I can generate money. Mm -hmm. You know, aside from you know being attractive, because that's gravity is starting to eat me up slowly. <laughs> it, it, it all fades forever. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, I mean, I think any woman really, um, you know, as your looks deplete, you need to have something else to bring to the table to, you know, so you can continue to be engaging to with people and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So when you started modeling again at 32, was it like you just sort of like, okay, fine, I'll do it? Or did you pick up the phone and be like, hey, I want to start modeling again? Yeah, no, I went into Wilhelmina, the agency I'm with now. Mm -hmm. And I said, I mean, when I stopped modeling, I didn't need to stop. I still had all my clients. It wasn't like 
I wasn't working. You I'd, said, no, I'm done. Yeah, now. I just said, I'm done. I didn't want yeah. to turn 30 and still be a model. Right. Um, I just was like, this is not a good look for me and just how I feel about myself. Um, and so I stopped modeling. And so, yeah, at 32, I kind of called up Wilhelmina and was like, guys, would you take me back? And also I need a work visa to be here. And uh, I went in and they were really nice. They were like, we'd love to take you. You've spoken to some of your old clients. Um, they'd love to still work with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll take you back, bitch. Nice. But yeah. you've got to lose. This is, what, this is what my agent said to me. She went, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take you back. But you know you need to lose a few LBs, right? Like they're talking some like weird cryptic code, like you're not gonna know what that is. Like right. don't get F A T. You're like F A and T. <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you mean for that? Ah? Yeah. Were, were you at all? I mean, you're so thin. Were you at all overweight? Yeah, then? man. Because I've been doing fucking comedy, and that was my gauge on like what skinny was was like being on the road with fat comics, man. Right. <laughs> you know, eating bad food and like eating pasties at night around Britain. But were you, or were you still thin at the time? I was. I was probably thin to like your average person but right, that but was fin to you know fin. yeah i wasn't like new york wilhelmina model fin i yeah, was like yeah. average person fin i went rocking that fire gap like i should have been so so now you're you're still are you still you're still modeling i still model yeah but now you got the sweet gig with vice yes i do yeah how long has that been going for I, i've been working with vice solidly for just over a year Okay, so Vice is a really interesting company because they do some really daring reporting. Yeah, they fucking do. Super daring. I mean, I saw the Vice show just a couple weeks ago, the Afghani women. Mm. Did you see that? They have no, oh, it's crazy. They interview them, they're all like interviewing in secrecy and it's just crazy. And I watched some of the stuff that you did as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you mentioned something, the sex slave stuff. Um, It was financial domination. Right, financial domination. Yeah. Now, I went on a date with a girl that does this. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. It. Tell me all she about does it. it here. I See, you know what's know. funny? See, this is the thing. This is what I was trying to say to you when we first started talking, and you, you just seemed really set on talking about sex work. I'm like, I bet yeah. that you have encountered many a sex worker, but they probably sense that you would that, it, that it's a bit taboo for you and so they wouldn't be at, uh, totally open so she says she's into financial domination i would suspect that she is actually a prostitute as but well i'm, I'm <laughs> i think you're misinterpreting misinterpreting my curiosity for Not, me having a judgment about it no i i, I don't think i am uh-huh. i'm saying that i reckon like you said that she's into financial domination maybe she was testing the water with you and actually, she's a prostitute. Like, she sells sex for money. Can we define financial domination? Uh, financial domination is, well, I suppose you can't really define it exactly, but this would be a financial domination setup. You're in Tokyo. I'm here in New York. You like to be spoken to like shit. I berate you and tell you're a piece of shit over the internet, and then you give me money for that. They call it... um of uh what is it what's the a, a draining session so we would speak over skype maybe and i'd be like matt you are a worthless piece of shit i think you should give me at least 20 dollars. i bet you don't even have 20 dollars, matt because you're a fucking piece of shit and you're like oh my god i fucking love this there's 20 dollars." yeah <laughs> As I mean, I'm not, but I, I'm sure someone who's really into financial domination would be like that isn't even close i look at it as a lot of these women who do that are um are dominate 
dominatrix. They, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what she called herself. She called herself a financial dominatrix. A or financial like dominatrix. But you normally do other aspects of. Um, I can't even it's dominatrixes domin, domination domination <laughs> right and I feel like financial domination is sort of like the gold retirement watch you know the the, the gold retirement clock for all your hard work by by uh, you know for domination in you get to not be with the person yeah you, you don't have to touch him you know what I mean Skype yeah. yeah 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 but um the girl that I went on a date with she. I mean, she even like showed me her channel and everything. She's got this whole world, her whole Twitter, this whole world going. And all she does is just make these videos. Oh, she sells these videos too. And mm-hmm. gets, like, gets so much money from people. And I guess, yeah, it's a form of domination. Be like a lot of wealthy people, money's power. Mm. So they give the money, they're yeah. giving the power. That, that, that's the only way certain people can feel dominated is when you kind of poke at their their finances i guess but so. they never even meet the the girls <laughs> no mm-hmm. yeah in a lot of cases but but you did the expose i just went on a date <laughs> yeah yeah tell, tell us what was your findings um or you're like damn this is better than modeling no i think it's a really hard work i think it's a really yeah. hard job and i think it takes a lot of skill um to keep these uh men engaged it's normally men um right it takes a lot of skill to keep these uh, men engaged and want to give you their money for what seems like nothing. It isn't. It's work. It's like you need to learn how to manipulate someone and, and but also make it enjoyable for them to want to keep on giving you their cash. So and that's why I say, like, I think you need to really know all the elements of domination to be able to just be a financial dominatrix. And so it's sexually arousing these men? I think there is sexual arousal involved in the case of you not being able to like ejaculate maybe you know what i mean they do a lot of things called like cum tax and stuff like that so you know you'll talk to your um you know uh, femdom and you'll be like can i wank today and she'll be like no and if you do wank it's going to cost you 100 dollars and you better send it to me you know so yeah but consider i'm not a f- I, you know i've never been a femdom so i think i think there's i probably can't talk on it too much mm-hmm. do you know what i mean but i did have a massive respect for these women and i was also um i, I went in thinking it was gonna be like yeah piece of shit give me your money but it was actually a lot more than that it's, you see dick you see weird shit and it's you know what what was your fine well first of all how does this happen with vice they're like hey we want to do an expose on this particular thing yeah yeah they're normally um they normally ask you if you'd be interested in doing something like that and mm-hmm. I, I, if it's about sex work i'm always like yeah I'd yeah love yeah because yeah, i think it's really important to be able to talk to these women without being patronizing or mm-hmm. you know to um sort of yeah patronizing mostly what was your finding with these women? Did you interview several different yeah, ones? Yeah, I did. I did. I thought they were awesome. I loved them all. Um, yeah, I just thought they were just like regular chicks. All in the U.S.? All in the U.S., yeah. D- different states? Yeah, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm, of course. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course. We, I spent a lot of time in uh, kink.com, um, which put me off porn for a little while. Actually. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Oh, just because, like, fucking... It's just like a lot. You know, when you actually see, when you get to look behind the curtain, it's uh, not so fun anymore. No, there was that expose on the young women that get involved in porn. Oh, Hot Girls Wanted, that documentary. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's that'll really turn good. You off to is, porn. It, is it Rashida Jones did that, right? 
I saw it on Netflix. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a really good documentary. It is, but it mm. will make you see porn differently. Yeah, for about a week, and then you're like, "Oh my god, I want to go and see those girls that are in that documentary." <laughs> yeah. Oh, it took me five days. I feel like a monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You're like, those tears are real. Yes. I'm like, which one did she do? Where yeah, is she? <laughs> where is she? Now that I know her whole backstory, I know it makes it all the better. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love working with Vice, actually. I really yeah. I really enjoy it. Are they going to send you to uh, odd places in the Middle East? Um, I don't know. I don't really. I mean, I've been to Kenya. I've been to Ohio. We just did a story in through London. Vice? Through Vice, yep. Uh-huh. I, um, uh, and I've just done a series. Well, what an episode in a series called Woman that's going to be out. I think it's the 10th of May it launches. Um, and my executive producer's Gloria Steinem. So that's pretty Ooh. exciting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we spent like three months talking about women who have babies in prison. And, um, you know, the we got to interview like a load of women and we spent a lot of time going to different women's prisons, which was quite depressing quite frankly but yeah. but it was good man like i really it's 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 really good but it, i don't know it's funny it put me off doing stand-up for a little while i didn't find anything that funny it's too serious it's too if real just, right you know what man like you, you know like it, it, it's sort of like we we're talking about always making a joke about something yeah and some shit it's, it's not funny no. You just you sort of go. I don't want to. I don't find anything funny right now. Well, like, when it's too emotional, you need to like if you do a material on something that's too fresh. You know, it has I, to be a bit in the yeah, past. Yeah, I'm not even talking about doing material about that. Like, I wouldn't do material about that. I wouldn't use these women's stories in that way. You know what I mean? It's not my stories. Theirs. That'd be a tough premise. It fucking would be. <laughs> so but, this woman's in jail for 22 years, mm-hmm. then she gets pregnant by a guard, and she has yeah. to. Have a, yeah, that's gonna be a tough but, one. Um, <laughs> but no, I just weren't finding shit that funny just in general i was like i don't i don't really yeah i just wanted to like come home smoke a joint and stare at the wall like i i just needed to like fucking decompress my brain man i couldn't even look at the internet i was like i just need to like come home yeah and just just look at a blank wall and it also brought up a lot of shit for me like from my past and childhood because uh a lot of these women were in um i suppose uh like they'd get housed after in sort of shelter like places and mm-hmm. me my mum, and my brother lived in a shelter for a few years as a kid and it really like brought a lot of that uh, back out for me and like i was interviewing kids and stuff and i just i just felt really sad about it there was just nothing well, i couldn't find anything funnier but i was just like and not not to use their stories as jokes but just I didn't even want to tell my own normal jokes on stage. I don't know why. Well, because it sounds like you're in a slight state of trauma. Do you know what? I think you're right, man. I was fucking traumatized, yeah. man. Totally. And yeah. then after that, we did. I started doing a series with Broadly, which was called A Day With, and it was like a bit more light and fluffy. It was like, spend the day with a magician. I was like, fuck yes. I <laughs> yeah. need to do that. And then it was like, hang out with a taxidermist. I was like, yes, I will. <laughs> um, and, uh, Can I just say that that is the best use of marijuana is like when you just want to, when you have a tough day or whatever, and you just kill all the short term memory of that. Oh day. my, yeah. You're like, how do I, like, yeah, how can I speed yeah. up this process, Seriously. man? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, I enjoy it. I, I've been I've been a bit conflicted. I don't know what you will think about this, Gary, but just sort of doing something that's factual, where you're meant to be like totally unbiased, yeah. and then doing stand up, which is extremely biased. It's all about what you think. Yeah, you know what I mean. And just like wondering if those two things can live side by side. 
Yeah, I think it's just a matter of putting time between them. Yeah, I love that bit of advice you gave me because I was like, you came, you did shoot the shite. Yeah. Third Saturday of every month at yeah. the Creek in the Cave. Uh, and I host did I give fair. unsolicited advice? No, you just gave a good bit of advice because I was talking to Suba, who I love. She's such a great comic. Suba's great. Yeah, I was talking to Suba and I was just saying I find it really hard to book gigs now because I, I, everything with Vice is so last minute. And you was like, well, why don't you just say when you get asked to do a gig, I might not be able to do it. And I was like, yeah, why don't I just say that? That's great. Because I've, I've known Gary 20 years and he's never said anything that is registered with me. Are you being serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh yeah, why don't I just do that, man? Like that, And, it, and then you asked me to host your night on Friday. Yeah, Thanks you so didn't much. say a word to me. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I said, but thank I might... you so much. I'm always polite. You I did... said, thank you so much for keeping you, me in mind. You were very polite. Yeah. What well, you... more do you want? A fucking blowjob. <laughs> but you didn't say, oh, uh, uh, by the way, you know, I work for Vice and I might have to bail last minute. Oh, right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I should have, I should have, I should have. But luckily, I, I <laughs> but he's already... like, you didn't say anything. I'm like, fucking, I said, thanks, man. Like, geez, fucking chill out. <laughs> No, I already knew that. You, it, knew, you knew I already knew yeah, that. Yeah, but it did. Uh, thanks. I, I need. To, sometimes people say some real obvious shit and you're like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, because uh, sometimes those people are seeing your world objectively. Yeah, I think the same thing when you're saying, like, if you're the talent in a show, mm. you can't see what's going on and you need someone else to be watching it. Same yeah. thing with life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Real talk. Real talk, real Matt. Talk. Real <laughs> yeah. talk, real so, talk. So do you have an upcoming thing for Vice? Uh, well, yeah, this woman's thing will be out oh, on the 10th of production. May. Yeah, yeah, it's for Viceland, so it'll be on TV. Okay, is that's the Gloria Steinem production? That's the Gloria Steinem thing. And then I'm doing some shit with uh, Channel 4, which is kind of similar to uh, in Britain. So Channel 4? Yeah, no one gives a fuck about that. Whatever. No, I do. That's the Peep Show Network, right? Yeah. I love Peep Correct. Show. Peep, Peep. I think Peep Show might be the like, longest-running uh, comedy. Peep Show is one of my top five, maybe ten all-time favorites. It's a great show. It's a Brilliant. great show, and it's still on. Yeah, so I've been doing some stuff with them, and um, and I'm having a having a go at writing a book really? about about my life. Yeah, All just right. short stories, man. Because I've had a fucking mental life. I've done some real I, stupid shit. And... I think you've got a great story for a book. Yeah, thanks. absolutely. Thanks. I've been uh, doing. Uh, I, I'm dyslexic, and because I, I didn't go to school, I've always had a massive chip on my shoulder. And it's only now, like, as I get older... What do you mean you're dyslexic? How does that play itself out? As in, I I can't spell very well. I couldn't read until I was There's spell 10. check. Who cares? There is spell check, but sometimes spell check don't know what right. you're spelling. Oh, right. I get a lot understand of... understand your brain specifically. Yeah, I get a lot of no replacements found. Right. <laughs> yeah. No replacements found. Yeah. Uh, and so I used to let that hold me back quite a bit, and I've tried to, you know... I enjoy writing, but I would get really upset and frustrated with the no replacements found. And my grammar is terrible. And, you know, you need to learn these things. And if you didn't learn them, then you don't know. But um, Is there anything you can control? What, dyslexia? Yeah. No. I mean, you you can find things that you're better at and, you know, use stuff i suppose to try and like work around it and like you know like i'm i'm i can't spell but i'm great at drawing you know so there's uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah. so your 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 life story is going to be a picture book <laughs> yeah exactly out of time and one order. drawing <laughs> no what i've been doing is doing a like a story from my childhood a story from my adulthood so for instance like the first two stories are 
um, when I was 14, my mum went to Israel for two weeks and left me and my friend to uh, chill in our apartment in Brixton alone. And instead of having a house party, I let this homeless woman come and live with us. Ooh. Yeah. How'd that work out? It fucking worked out terribly, man. <laughs> she wouldn't leave, dude. Oh, no. It was so bad. Like, yeah, I thought I was going to be getting like finger blasted by like hot brown boys with nice eyebrows. But actually, I'd let this homeless woman come and stay. And she just knew that she'd struck gold and started ordering me and my friend around and i had to get my uh my white hippie sister to like fight white hippie of white hippie and get rid of her so Wait, she like, was happy the homeless woman she was she was she sort of looked like ronnie wood's long lost sister mm-hmm. i, I yeah. love that it's like a fantasy like game where you're like like where you're rolling dice like, yeah yeah like, white uh, hippie with yeah, white trusty yeah. <laughs> fight now <laughs> you can yeah yeah, so so that so that's the first story, and then the second story is me falling at Gucci, and then the story after that is um, me going on a like youth group trip when I was a kid to Finland, and then the story after that is um, when I first started making money and living in New York, I'd paid for a bunch of kids from Brixton to come to New York, and they just sort of harassed me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so it's just like I, you you know, when you get your sort of life together, you go, geez, man, I've done some weird shit. You've done a lot of. But, cool shit. Yeah, yeah, cool shit and yeah. weird shit. And some and of it's really funny and plenty stupid. Plenty more to come, probably. I hope. Yeah. I hope so. Are you doing right now what you want to be doing? I am doing exactly what I want to do. I wish it generated more money. But my gauge of making money is like probably a little bit skewed because of modeling. So I'm just yeah. like, I need more money so I can buy more brunch. You know what the trick to needing less money is? What? Spending less money. Fuck, really? Keep the overhead Did low. you blowing my mind for all this great advice, man. I, I, tell, I, can't, I can't even handle it. Yeah, every artist, just keep your overheads low because that's yeah. the biggest trap. Yeah, I mean... Debt, credit card debt. Oh, no, I don't have any debt. I have no debt. Great. Oh, actually, maybe like I owe one friend money, but like I don't have, I've never <laughs> had a credit card. I've never had an overdraft. But no, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. And you know what? When I was growing up, I didn't think that you was able to do your job that you liked doing. I thought if you, unless you was miserable, you probably weren't working. Right. You know, like I just weren't brought up like that. Like but I remember saying to my mum. That's a generational thing. I do you think, think yeah. so? No, I, I, I think I, it's I a think locale it's a, place, I, I locale a, thing. Yeah, like uh, where you where you're raised. Oh, so, you know, yeah. so if you're raised in a place that's pretty like uh, hopeless and they're not yeah. exposed to things, those people don't grow up being like, I could be anything I want. No, man, I've only just started to think that recently. Like, uh, hopefully, I can get a job at the Walmart down the street. I hope, yeah. sure hope they're going to be hiring. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the outlook. I remember saying to my mom like, what a curator was, and she was like, shut up. And I was like, no, mom, that girl's a curator. She goes, but what is that? I said, she like picks the pictures to put up. She was like, shut that fuck up. That's not a job. Right. And I was like, no, like someone gets paid to do that. Yeah. She was just blew, blew her mind. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know, like, I've been helping some people write their Edinburgh shows and stuff. I didn't know that you could get paid for doing stuff like that. Like what for it? writing jokes or for helping people mm-hmm. do things like that or punching up scripts or coming up with ideas. And yeah, yeah. Like, that's a job. Like, yeah, yeah. I could. I think that's my strong point is punch ups. Really? Yeah, yeah, totally. I love to punch other people's things. Up. I've been. I find I'm. I'm fucking better at writing jokes for someone than oh, I really? am performing. It's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be happy to punch up anything you write. No, I don't need help punching up my own Not stuff. Not that you need it. Yeah. No, I, I want to punch up. I don't want anyone helping. I've never wanted anyone helping me write comedy because I'm a model and it is too, it's like you would expect someone to be helping me write 
well, stand up. Do you ever get? Do you know com- what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I definitely. I think uh, I could never have anyone to help me write. Just shit. as like a self empowerment thing. No, just as in like you better not because it people would think oh, that you would it. think yeah 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 yeah. But you ever have a comment be like oh I like this bit. I have an idea for it. Do you want to oh, hear yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've at, had that before. At the risk of offending both of you and every comic, I feel like every comic thinks they can punch up everybody else. Yeah, jokes. they do. Yeah, they do. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people just don't even think about it. <laughs> you know what? I think comedy can be like, you get really self-obsessed and stuff, and sometimes someone could have a great ending for your joke but wouldn't tell you anyway because they're like, man. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, I've had people be like, oh, you're, you gave me an idea. Do you want to hear it? And I'm always like, yeah. And then sometimes, like, this is what I do when I'm, because I have to, obviously, we have to watch a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. I watch and I'm thinking about what I could punch up of theirs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll go to somebody like, hey, I got an idea. Do you want to hear it? And I would say 75% of the time it's no. They don't want to hear it. Really? Yeah, because they want to come to it on their own. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you realize that you tell someone some shit and it's terrible. And you don't know until it's come out of your mouth and they're looking at you like, yeah, whatever, man, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Horrible idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's all right. At least I said something. Yeah. 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 I suppose. I talk too much. (laughs) So you're, you're, this is awesome. Thank you for doing this. I don't know if there's anything left to say. I was like, you've. Dude, I mean, like, Matt looks like he needs a break. Do you need a break, Matt? I'm I'm okay. (laughs) No, No, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like we've, unless there's anything else you want to ask me about. I feel like we've gone from your birth to your current situation. Yes, I reckon we have. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon we have. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you for talking to us and being so open. Oh, you're so welcome, man. We we should probably thank my mum as well for for her being so open and letting me be so open. I was going to say that on a larger issue, it's like, you know, that you are talking about her, but it is also your experience yeah. that she can't take from you. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important. I wish more people were able to tell you their personal experience with a sex worker. I think it brings a certain um, realness to it and makes you think of that woman as an actual human being not like oh i knew this girl who this was so, you're like no that person's mum like right. mum you can't get more personal than that and uh, that's why i think it's important yeah it's like sometimes if you tell a story about a friend if you say the person's name oh my friend matt did blah 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 blah. yeah all of a sudden it brings like a humanity to it yeah man and i think it's just yeah so i think it's important but I don't know if I might not feel like that if it was my story. I'd be like, I don't want anyone to know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's a tricky road being doing stand up about your life because, like, yeah. like say for example, I have a bit where I talk about father, my father, and religion, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, he might not want me to be talking about his religious choices, but then again, who is he to say I can't? Because that's been my life and my experience. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think, I think you do have to. Um, be a little sensitive about it like the Jew I'm just t- I, the Jewish Chronicle in England came to interview me at Edinburgh I fucking hated them I hate you the Jewish Chronicle if you're listening wait England. was that an article I think yeah. I read that did you yeah, I haven't yeah. read it yet so my mum was like so I told my mum about it and they was obsessed with like they were like, re- like I don't know I just wasn't comfortable chatting to them but I'd asked my mum I was like my mum's totally cool and open and she'd um, she'd read the article and I hadn't and uh, I was like, what do you think? She was like, good. Yeah, 
do it fuck yeah like yeah. she's like a bit more of a rebel than i am you know what i mean but i was worried that how it would be written and you know like it was written factually if it's the article i read oh okay good yeah. good um i haven't i don't i try not to um google yourself nah man nah mm. uh, same with like i used to get obsessed with reading the comments um on like vice videos and uh-huh. i was like there's n- nothing you just shouldn't be doing that i still do it but like no, the v- vice videos i try not yeah because you're, you're like watching a video and then you're like let me start reading the mm-hmm. the comments and you know it's sort of like if you feel too awesome about the good ones you'll feel just as bad about the bad ones right. you know well that's good that's healthy i reckon do you think that's healthy i feel like you, you, you're quite therapeutic for me i like that you're like do this don't do that and like, okay thanks gary <laughs> well a therapist but, what else do you think I should do, Gary? A therapist wouldn't do that. They wouldn't tell you what you should do. No, just man. I kind of resent. Coach. Yeah, I resent paying my therapist now. Yeah. She's really nice, but. Wait, you're not paying a therapist? <coughs> no, I just resent paying her. Oh, resent paying her. Yeah, because yeah, she's not giving you feedback? Yeah, I, w- I want more. Yeah, tell her you want more. I want a hug. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this is great, man, but like, can I call you at three in the morning when I need you? Yeah. I mean, I've told past therapists to be like, you know, I appreciate you listening and repeating back to me what I just said in a different way. I know that that's psychology 101, but I would appreciate some like direction. Why are you in therapy? I just go for maintenance and for my fucked up life. Uh, <laughs> I like how that was the second part of it. I Men- really need it. Also, I really need it. <laughs> Mental maintenance. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think it's really good. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's good as well. I think when you live in this like urban metropolis and everyone's on top of each other, it's not very natural, is it? And you should probably have someone that you can just know that you can chat to once a week. And if if I didn't have that, I think I'd probably end up doing a lot of drugs. So I think for me, that's the way to. I go. think everyone needs therapy. I thought he was going to say, I think everyone needs drugs. I was like, also, I agree. I used to think everyone needs to take acid, but now I'm not so sure. Nah, nah. Not everyone, right? Mm-mm, not everyone, yeah. not everyone. Oh, change your mind on it. Mm. Yeah, some people probably should stay away. <laughs> They'll never come back. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for thank talking you. to us. You're so welcome. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.